Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to episode 156 of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we've got Brittany Dixon joining us of Brittany & Co. And Brittany is an operations and systems specialist. She's got a lot of great advice for all entrepreneurs out there and business owners on operating your business and especially increasing efficiency when it comes to systems like your CRM and using tools like Trello to help organize your business. I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. We learned a lot from Brittany, and we hope you do too. Before we jump into that interview, though, we got to take a quick moment to thank some of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus, and that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost and so like I bet on me any day choosing greatness greatness doesn't choose you you know you have to choose it and yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, We've got Brittany Dixon joining us, and Brittany is the founder and director of operations at Brittany & Co., a consulting firm with a focus on systems, efficiency, and automation for startups and entrepreneurs. And she helps founders free up their time so they can focus on big goals and sustain long-term growth. Bill Balderas, one of our previous guests, actually introduced her to us. We're really excited to have her here on the show today to talk about operational efficiency and automation for your business, and welcome to Conquering Columbus, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and so typically one of the first places we like to start, just kick things off, is talk about the beginning of your life and journey, kind of what brought you to a career as an operations consultant and systems consultant. So 
let's take it back to the beginning. Kind of what made you want to be an entrepreneur and what were some of the things you were doing before that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually started off in the wedding and event planning space. Uh, I've always been in customer service, hospitality and food service, and um, I've always had like customer service focus. I've also always been extremely organized type A. I was the 16 year old with like crazy color coded binders and like all the labels and all the things. Um, so I actually wanted to be a wedding planner, dived into it, decided I love logistics planning and all of that and hated the wedding side. <laughs> um, so I actually worked for a corporate restaurant doing a similar thing. I was doing event planning and catering for them. And then I was there for about four years and I was getting really burnt out. I've got twins at home and I was trying to do this crazy full-time job with insane hours in the restaurant space, which is very hectic too. And I actually had started my business in uh, October of 2015. So it was a backup plan when I first started. I was like, I wanna get out of this. I don't wanna do this anymore. I wanna start a business, but I don't know what that looks like or how to do that. So there was some shifting going on at the corporate level. I decided to create a backup plan. At that point, it was actually called clutter control. So I was gonna be a professional organizer. I was gonna go into people's houses, help them organize, declutter, all of that good stuff. So then July of 20, I'm trying to think here, timeline um, 16 I actually there was some more shifting going on at the corporate level and I got let go at that point so plan B became plan A <laughs> uh, so I dived into it I helped people organize their houses I went into my twin mom's Facebook group and actually just posted and said hey really good at organizing you have twins I know your house is probably chaotic let me come help uh, so I got my clients. I was going and doing that for about six months before I realized I had no idea what I was doing running a business as far as getting clients. And I hired a business coach and then kind of dived into this whole online consulting coaching space that I knew nothing about. And then it kind of went from there. So I basically went from organizing events to organizing houses and then it shifted into organizing businesses. So. So talk maybe yeah. at a more granular level about the different pivots you made along the way and how you knew which pivot to go to. Was it just based on what people were requesting from you or kind of where you were seeing the need? How did that evolve and how did you mix that with what yeah, your skill set is? For sure, for sure. So obviously organization kind of played into all of those things. And when I was in the event planning space, I was doing a lot of that. Looking back, honestly, like I was doing process improvement for every single place that I was at. So it kind of all made sense. But when I pivoted from the in-home space to the actual online space, I just realized that I was stuck in Columbus and I couldn't really reach a whole lot more people. And obviously doing it in home, like hour by hour, um, I was limited on time and all of that kind of stuff. So really when I got into the online space and saw how big it was and that I could impact the entire world instead of just Columbus, Ohio, I knew that I needed to make that shift and get into the online space so that I could make a bigger impact and help more people. But when I shifted to kind of the business side, I really saw so many business owners struggle struggling with not being able to stay organized that they couldn't even do what they started their business for because their back end like operations and things like that were holding them up. So when I shifted into the systems side of things, it was because I saw a huge, huge need for it. The other ones were kind of like a personal thing. Like I shifted, I didn't like the event planning anymore and then I shifted into the home stuff. So, but yeah, definitely shifting and pivoting a lot. And as you made that pivot to the business side and you started to dive into these different operations and systems that they had in place. What were some of the biggest struggles in the beginning? Did you find issues in understanding the businesses and in applying that? Because I, I mean, you obviously have a very strong background in, in process improvement, like you said, but yeah. being able to apply that to different business models, was that a struggle? 
Yeah, a little bit, because you kind of have to learn like every single different industry, right, to be able to do that. Um, so when I came across that multiple times, like I was working in different industries, I realized like I needed to niche down completely and like pick one and get really, really, really good at one because process improvement is very general. Like it can help any business. And what I saw mostly was creative entrepreneurs. So the first kind of niche that I did was into the creative space. So marketing, advertising agencies, and website designers. And those were most of my clients that were coming to me. But then I would get like this weird shift of like bookkeepers that would come or realtors. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? So I really found that the creative side of things was where I have kind of the mix. I'm creative, but I'm also process oriented. And I was able to really connect with them and really help streamline their stuff because creatives typically are not process oriented. So I'm kind of niched down that way because I couldn't really learn every industry. And it's interesting that, you know, you kind of found that focus. It sounds like you found it pretty quickly and realized, like, was there... Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. Was, so what was the struggle in there? Like, what kind of led you to that? Yeah. Were, there, were there particular situations or particular instances where, like, man, that really didn't work well? And, and I guess early, because, like, Josh and I, early on, we really like to talk about the struggle. Yeah. And the, the hard things early on yep. in an entrepreneur's journey. So For was sure. there any of those early on that led you toward that path? Yes, absolutely. So uh, right when I shifted into the online space, I was going to do like productivity and organizing coaching. Um, So I thought instead of actually doing the physical organizing for them, like let me teach you how to do that. And there was like a nine month time period that I had zero clients. I was making zero money. Um, I was sitting there like, I'm going to go get a real job now because I was also at that same exact time as trying to figure that out. I was also teaching myself sales funnels, trying to learn the whole thing about online marketing. Like I literally did not know what an opt-in was in February of 2017. So really just trying to dive into that whole space was super difficult. And then transitioning that and really figuring out that People didn't want to be taught how to do it. They wanted somebody to actually implement it for them, but I didn't know what that looked like. So really trying to figure out what that looked like and what packages looked like and how I could help people and implement, but still have like that time freedom. So yeah, I mean, there was, every transition was very difficult because I I actually have four, I think four DBAs under my LLC. Like I literally rebranded every time. Uh, which is not fun. <laughs> like that's not an easy thing to do to rebrand and re-figure out your ideal client and then try to find those people and then try to get your message out there. Um, so yeah, I'm like three and a half years in a business and I shifted every single year. So every shift was interesting. <laughs> so across that nine month time frame, what did you do from a mentality standpoint to not just give up and walk away like you said, but then to continue to keep the ball rolling? You yeah. know, what did day in, day out look like? Were you For just... Sure doing research, continuing to reach out to people. What was that process like? Yeah. So, um, I always tell people like, if you're not in it for the long haul, like just get out now. So I always had that like light at the end of the tunnel. I knew that it would work and I knew it would have to work. And I knew that I wanted it so bad that I just kept pushing through. Um, so if you don't have that mentality, it's going to be very difficult because there were so many times that I wanted to quit, um, on a day to day basis. I mean, there were probably days that I was doing things that were not productive and that's probably why I was working crazy 14, 15, 
16, I don't even know how many hour days. So yeah, just really, because I have systems in place, it was easier for me to put a structure in place and say like, uh, on Mondays, I'm gonna reach out to people. On Tuesdays, I'm gonna do content, like to put some sort of system in place, which made it a lot easier. But yeah, I mean, having a daily schedule and really doing things that are like the compound effect, like continually and being super consistent with things, but it was, it was very difficult. What were some of the things that you think eventually led to your breakthrough and, and uh, I guess, supplied, applied, I don't know, contributed to the compound effect? Um, I think just seeing, seeing some of the success stories that I had with some of my clients and seeing like, if I continue to do this over and over and over, like I will eventually get something out of this. Um, and then seeing other people's success stories with it and them saying consistency is key. Like everyone says that, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, but I want to do like 17 different things. And they're like, no, if you do this one thing and you just keep doing it over and over and over, like you're going to eventually get success. So I think just kind of pulling from all of those experiences and, and seeing that it does work and actually seeing the result from that, I'm like, oh, so they were right. Let's let's be consistent with this for sure. All right, Conquerors, we're going to take a quick break here in the show to tell you about a group called Columbus Gives Back. If you're looking for a way to get involved in your community, but you don't know where and how to start, look no further than Columbus Gives Back. By partnering with over 150 Central Ohio nonprofits, Columbus Gives Back makes volunteering fun and easy by offering 30 to 40 volunteer events each month that are free of cost, commitment, and hassle. Sign up for your first event today at columbusgivesback.org. That's columbusgivesback.org. All right, let's get back into the episode. Were you focused on like emails though, like reaching out to people through cold email or doing calls or Yeah, so it was, a, it was a mix of that. I was trying to do everything, right? So I wanted to have a blog. I was also doing LinkedIn. I was doing Facebook, uh, Facebook groups. I was not doing a whole, whole lot of Instagram, um, but yeah, reaching out to people. And Facebook groups was the biggest when I started. I was like, I'm gonna live in these 15 different groups. I'm gonna connect with people, uh, reach out, direct messages, things like that. And just doing that consistently, I started seeing results. Now I did have to shift when I rebranded as to which platform I was using, but yeah, just consistently messaging people. And finally it started working. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how like, so one of the things we talk about internally is making sure that you're always meeting the behaviors you have to, uh, the behaviors are the most important part, like actually completing those behaviors, doing the, I guess some people would call them activities. Uh, but actually completing them and testing them. So th the more you continue to do those things, eventually something's got to click, right? Yeah. Uh, so talking a little more, I guess, Brittany Co. gets up and running. So when did DBA Brittany Co. come into place? Yeah, so I went from clutter control to clutter control coaching when I was doing the productivity coaching and stuff. So that was February of 2017. Um, I think it was March of 2018 is okay. when Brittany and co came about. So it kind of came about because I realized my ideal client had shifted again when I was kind of shifting everything. So basically I was clutter control coaching. I was doing productivity stuff. It wasn't working well. I was really bad at marketing it. I was not niched down. I was all over the place. And then I finally, I went to a retreat and somebody said like, because I was helping people to organize their homes and their businesses, teaching them both. They're like, you have to pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I really love the business side, but I want to help them with their home too. And she's like, no, you have to pick one. Not saying you can't do the other one, but if you pick one and get people in, then you have them and you can help them in the back end. So when I shifted to that and I was like, all right, I'm going to help with businesses 
because obviously it's more profitable, right? Businesses are more willing to spend money than moms in their homes. When I shifted to that, I started doing Trello stuff and I became known for my system within Trello. And I was doing that for a while, but I got extremely burnt out because it was the people that were still bootstrapping and still DIY and they weren't ready to pay for higher end consulting. So I was still in the beginning, right? So I did it and I did it. I did stuff for free all the time. I did stuff super low cost and I started getting burning, burnt out and I hated it. I was like, oh my gosh, like I know this is what I wanna do, but I can't keep doing it in this capacity. So when I shifted and created a course for that to do the one to many model, that's when I'm like, at that same time, I need to shift my ideal client. Like we have to completely shift and clutter control coaching just doesn't work anymore. The name doesn't work. People think of, decluttering your house like everyone I handed a business card to asked me that and I was like oh that's what I used to do but not anymore so that's kind of when I had to shift was was that point talk about the one to many model that you mentioned yeah. what did the transition look like and how does that look today yeah so um, I launched the first one in February of 2018 and sold zero <laughs> I probably spent two months making the course creating the content recording videos making the entire thing before anyone even bought it and this was all on my assumption that I was helping them with the Trello stuff one-on-one -on -one at a low cost, that they were just gonna buy it and I was gonna be like completely sold out. Uh, that did not happen. <laughs> and then I, instead of scrapping it and starting over, the whole refining consistency thing, right? I literally took the same content and just refined it and added things, made it better, reorganized it, reshifted it. And when I launched Brittany & Co, I launched the course again. And then I started gaining traction because I kind of changed the naming and the messaging and I hired a marketing person because that's not my strong suit. And that kind of took off. But the course that is out now is like the fourth iteration of that first course. So it's literally just refining, refining, refining. But I also wish I would have sold it before I spent two months making it. <laughs> like I wish I would have had people like knocking down my door before I created the content for it. So. But yeah, I guess that was a good lesson learned. I just wish I would have known that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. And as, as you made a model like that, and you mentioned that it was difficult to get people to take the coaching, they really wanted them you to do that for them. How does this model fit with people wanting you to do the work for them in that? In that yeah, area? so I now have two ideal clients, really. Um, that Creating that course and the one-to-many and the content and things that I do, those are that's really geared towards my bootstrapping entrepreneurs, the DIY. They're not ready to invest, but they still are trying to start a business kind of thing. Um, and then my people that are ready for me to do it for them, they don't really see that content. Um, and if they do, like, great, but that's it's not geared towards them. So I kind of have, like, two entire buckets that are kind of different as far as marketing goes. And how have you been balancing that? So I guess uh, over time, right, over the past yeah. couple years, I'm sure that you've gotten more clients in both those areas. How do you balance those two? Because it's very different yeah. in terms of the types of consulting they'd be looking for and the problems they're facing. Yeah, so um, the Trello stuff, I mean, for the most part, it's automated. I've obviously got a sales funnel in place and automated systems as far as the actual course platform and all that stuff goes. But I do still have to devote time to like pulling more people into that. And it's evergreen, which makes it helpful. I'm not launching constantly. I do have a virtual assistant and a marketing person that help with quite a bit of that. So that's not really my main focus. It's kind of like nice to have kind of thing and then kind of shifting into the consulting 
a lot of the same stuff applies to them. Like they still need a project management system in place. Maybe it's Trello, maybe it's not, but Trello and how I use it, the principles are gonna be the same for them, whichever tool we use. So there is a lot of overlap, and I think that the people starting in the DIY space could eventually come to me. It's probably just a longer time, time span for sure. And in the space that you're sitting down and doing uh, maybe more comprehensive and, and one-on-one consulting engagements. Yeah. What does it look like from the point that you first engage with the client to how that project unfolds as time goes on? Yeah, so um, I actually have my road to scalability method. <laughs> uh, it's not trademarked yet, so there's that. But the, it, basically, I do the recognition and uh, assessment phase, and we really dive in. I have a I really believe that you need to look at a business holistically and look at everything before I come in to put systems in place. I don't want to give a business a Band-Aid system that's not going to last them the long term. So we do a really deep dive and do an assessment of all the different tools they're using, the team members that are involved, the different services they offer, that kind of thing. The next piece is obviously the optimization and actually setting things up and refining and documenting processes and that kind of thing. And then we dive into some automation stuff. So anything that we can automate take off their plate, set up for another team member to use, that kind of thing. And then the next piece is the documentation. So after we've completely streamlined and automated, going in and really documenting those and creating standard operating procedures. So that's what it looks like. And it's typically over anywhere from a three to six month timeframe, just kind of depending on what they're looking at. The big areas I focus on are like the sales CRM piece, the client onboarding piece, and the project management piece. So typically we do a six month engagement where we'll streamline that entire process but a lot of times it also spills into other areas of the business that we need to continue on are there any particular signs you're looking for within those operations like so you mentioned a couple key spaces right is there when you're when you're thinking about these systems right like do you have a framework you're walking them through or are there particular warning signs you're looking for as far as like figuring out what they need mm-hmm. yeah so what i found and my actually my signature package is created around this is it's literally the same three areas uh the crm is huge businesses especially small businesses that i typically work with that's under 10 people it's normally like five to seven um the ceo is still very in the day-to-day there's still excel spreadsheets and google drives and all of that kind of stuff so a lot of it is the crm piece and what i look for in that is Are they going into emails constantly to find communication with clients? Are they really tracking that lead and how long it takes to turn into a client? Those kinds of things. And then the team communication piece is huge too. But then the project management. Are they using Excel spreadsheets to manage projects? Do they have due dates in place for things? Do they have somebody that's moving that plan along? Are they really meeting those goals as far as that goes? I just I see the the CEO in the day-to-day operations too much when they need to be the visionary. That's typically like the they're like, "Oh yeah, well I still work like 15 hours a day and I'm still in the operations pretty heavily." I'm like, "Yeah, you're not supposed to be." So, let's let's fix that. So, as you look towards the future based on where you're at right now, like what are your goals moving forward? Do you want to continue to do um, engage in the projects that you're doing right now. Is there a certain size customer you prefer to focus on? Is it the five to seven employee companies or is it larger ones? Yeah, so um, the really cool thing about what I do is it's very broad and I could do anything. I could move into the corporate space and do business process improvement, but I really want to stick to those smaller businesses. So uh, I would say anything under 15 people, really. A lot of agencies and creative, like I had mentioned, um, but I really would just want to scale the course so that I can get that out to more people who are in the DIY like bootstrapping phase because I really wish 
that there were more resources when I did that. There were a lot of resources when I was out there, but um, as far as like full systems of like use this thing and it works kind of thing. So I really want to scale that and get it out to more people. And the really awesome thing is I can reach worldwide. So um, make a bigger impact that way. And then I, I've thought about going agency with my business and bringing people in under me that do the same thing just so I can pull myself out. Um, that's probably more like a five to 10 year kind of thing. It's not something super, super close, but because my business and everything I do is process oriented and I can literally hand over checklists, I think that I could bring someone on pretty easily, easily to kind of take over what I'm doing. Okay. And what about advice for people out there? Cause a lot of our listeners, young professionals, entrepreneurs, people that are considering becoming entrepreneurs, any advice for those people out there thinking about taking that leap as someone who's been there and done it for a few years now? Yeah, so um, make sure what you're doing is solving a problem for real. (laughs) Because there were so many times that I thought it was a really great idea, like the service that I was doing. I was like, oh my gosh, so many people need that. And they're like, well, yeah, that's nice, but like, I don't really need that, so I'm not gonna pay for that. So really make sure that the the thing that you're doing is solving a problem so that you continually have people coming to you. And then focus, focus, and keep refining. Like don't try to start new things constantly. Take a thing, you have to test it out for a time period and keep refining it instead of starting over. Because the starting and stopping is where I see it kills so many entrepreneurs. They're like, well, I did this thing for a month and it didn't work, so I'm doing this other thing now. Like, but what if you were like so close to that thing blowing up? So really figuring out what it is that you're gonna do that's gonna solve a problem and then focusing and continually to continuing to refine it. Well, Renee, I- it's a good answer. I think it's yeah. a good place to pivot towards one of our last questions of the show. Uh, it's centered around the theme here, which is live uncomfortably without telling you yeah. too much about what made Josh and I pick that for a uh, podcast about entrepreneurs. What do you think of when you hear the phrase, how does it apply to your life and career? Yeah, for sure. I'm uncomfortable so often as a business owner. I am a really shy person and typically I, I wouldn't have saw myself doing podcasts and Facebook lives and videos and speaking on stage and all of that kind of stuff. And I've had to do all of that to grow my business. So that is definitely super uncomfortable for me and getting me out of my comfort zone. If I go back to my first Facebook live that I did compared to now, like it's a huge difference, but I don't think that you can grow without being uncomfortable. And um, I mean, even in my day to day, like software issues and things that I don't know how to fix, like I have to be uncomfortable enough to go fix that or find somebody to fix it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like a daily thing to be uncomfortable for sure. Well, Brittany, thanks a lot. That's yeah. again a good answer. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your story with us and your advice here on Conquering Columbus. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And Conquerors, if you guys want to learn more about Brittany and Co and her team and Go check out the things in the show notes. The links will all be there. Thanks a lot for tuning in and listening and supporting us every week. Uh, if you enjoyed that episode, leave a like. Leave us a rating on iTunes, wherever you're listening to this. We really appreciate all that support. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus. 
and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.